0: one of those a,
1: type A personalities that pushes a little bit harder than I should in every aspect of my life. I'm very blessed and very fortunate to still be here having this conversation with you today. I was basically a blood vessel broke in my cerebellum and started pumping blood into the back of my cranium. One of my close friends was a doctor who was with me in the hospital, said to me, you know, what good does it do you to have the best looking body in the morgue? I knew I was going to recover, and I knew I was going to be able to continue to contribute. Just the statement is, thank you for your service, isn't enough. It's rolling off of people's lips as if, you know, the same way it rolls off people's lips when they say, hey, good morning. And he had a home that literally the entire time they owned it, he could not even fit into his own master bedroom bathroom. Now, by me being back and actually hosting a show that talks about veterans who are dealing with issues not just to give back, but for me to be able to help translate to a civilian audience
0: what our veterans are going through. Welcome to Vet Story. I'm your host, Phil Briggs. I'm a Navy veteran who watched a lot of today's guests while I was in the Navy. He was the king of daytime TV talk shows, we sat around the ship and watched a lot of episodes of The Montel Williams Show. Welcome, 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 thank you so much for today. You know, if you think... But since day, those TV talk show days, he's gone on to become an activist, supporting scientific research to cure the disease he's been fighting for over two decades. Multiple sclerosis, or MS. I've been involved in almost every legislative process across this country,
1: helping to get patients access to medication that works.
0: Along the way, he's become an entrepreneur, finding ways to treat MS and various other ailments with cannabis. I had seven doctors that I chased to get every single pill there was that you can think of 17 years ago. I had a doctor, and I told you this, who said to me, Montel, listen, I'm not gonna write you any more prescriptions.
1: You need to figure this out. I know some people who have MS who, like you,
0: say that this marijuana stuff works. You need to go find out. He's even worked with scientists to create an entire line of medical marijuana products, Lenative Labs. But if you're gonna call it medicine, let's use it at a pharmaceutical grade, and that's what I'm attempting to do. What we've done, we're creating an oil that is
1: probably one of the purest in the marketplace right now. We're attempting to even make it more pure. And what we do is we then formulate ratios of CBD and THC together so that it has the entourage effect that Dr. Mashulam,
0: the doctor who discovered them all, wanted us all to understand to begin with. But as we'll find out in today's interview, he's returning to TV. And like he did so many times throughout the 1990s, he's again bringing hope to others. Welcome to Vet Story, Montel. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing really, really, really well. I gotta say, it's good to have you back as a second-time guest, and always good to have a fellow Navy man in the room. I work with a lot of Army guys, Montel, so you gotta have my back, all right? Well, there you go. I got
1: your back. Not only did you got a Navy guy, but you got a Marine Corps guy, too. So I did two branches.
0: <laughs> you were the men's department of the Navy. I know. I got, <laughs> I've heard the jokes <laughs> all the time. I love talking about your military history. Again, I know that you uh, uh, grew up in the Baltimore area, right?
1: Yep, right outside of Baltimore. I went to the Marine Corps, enlisted in 1974, and then went to the Naval Academy from '76 to '80, We got commissioned and served as a Naval officer. Until, really, I got my official discharge in 1996.
0: Now, as a couple old veterans, we could probably sit around and talk service stories with Montel all day long. But before we get into the TV show, I wanted to ask about something I read on Twitter. If I could ask Montel, I have also saw you on Twitter give a personal health update that I found a little bit alarming. You suffered from a, a stroke recently.
1: I was early, I'm very blessed and very fortunate to still be here having this conversation with you today. Uh, May 30th of last year, I suffered a pretty severe cerebellar hemorrhagic stroke, which is a very odd kind of a stroke. And Only about 25% of people who have strokes, period, have that type of stroke. But it's basically a blood vessel broke in my cerebellum and started pumping blood into the back of my cranium. Normally about 50% of the people who have this type of stroke die immediately, and mm. the other 50% are left with some long-term difficulties. I have been very blessed that, you know, I, I went through a very rigorous rehabilitation program and and had been really paying very close attention to every aspect of my health. So I've made almost now about a 99.99% recovery. You know, I've got a couple of little minor glitches that I'm still working on because I'm still doing therapy my, right now, not you know, uh, formal therapy, but I do physical therapy myself every day. And I'm um, trying to, you know, overcome that deficit that has been there. I, I'm very, very, very blessed, you know, to be a person who has had to battle, you know, one of the most insidious, you know, uh, uh, chronic illnesses there is, which is MS. And then, you know, I thought I was doing really, really, really well with that. But then I, you know, I'm one of those a, type A personalities that pushes a little bit harder than I should in every aspect of my life. And I was pushing a little too hard uh, back then in May. I was traveling way too much, uh, literally three cities a week. I was literally working out seven days a week and for reason from an hour and a half to two hours a day. And, you know, I, not to, to knock, you know, the very recent report came out stating that unequivocally, exercise and your physical health is as important to you and is more important to you than even smoking and diabetes. Um, you know, so I, I know I was doing the right thing by, by trying to maintain a good physical health stature, but you know, you don't have to do it at 500%. You can do it at 100% and be more than satisfied. I turned 62 this year and at the end of the day, one of my close friends was a doctor who was with me in the hospital. Said to me, "You know, what good does it do you to have the best-looking body in the morgue?" And you know that's really resonated with me. You know, I don't I don't need people walking by my casket going, "Oh, damn, he looked good." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. it, it, it's it's really unnecessary. So, you know, I've, I've toned it down um, quite a bit. Um, You know, I'd say I've reduced, you know, my resistance training and things like that by 90%. And I'm staying and maintaining my diet. But I've backed off some of the things that are really just, you know, inconsequential and kind of stupid. And um, I'm looking to do a lot more work. I got a lot more to say and a lot more to do before I check out.
0: And a lot more is right. Montel has joined Lifetime Television as the new host of Military Makeover. We talked about the iconic military veteran that he's replacing and how his involvement with the show came about. I saw you replace the legendary Arlie Ermey on Lifetime Network's military makeover. How'd you get involved? And tell me a little bit about the show.
1: I'll tell you what was really interesting is that, you know, Arlie, um, uh, you know, had suffered from, you know, um, you know, some illness that he knew about before he passed. and. So he stepped down to the show, down from the show before he passed. And um, one of the other uh, hosts, Art Edmonds, had said to me that they were having a conversation with Arlie and asked him, you know, well who would you think you could we could get to replace you? And I'm pretty proud of the fact that he, he agreed that my name was one of the ones on that, that the top the list that he wished would be there. So I didn't find out about him until honestly about a month before my stroke and literally actually signed the papers for the show while I was in intensive care in the hospital because I knew I was going to recover and I knew I was going to be able to continue to contribute. And I wanted to do it because, you know, one, it also gives me the opportunity just like right now. To you, I'm glad you said so much about the fact that to our vets, they need to understand that we have works. You get out of it what you put in. And a lot of times a lot of these guys, you know, who are hard charging and, and believers in every aspect of taking that mountain, you know, when they're injured and they're hurt, they kind of give up a little bit. And I'm so happy that now by me being back and actually hosting a show that talks about veterans who are dealing with issues and could use a little hand up, just, a, you know, not, not a hand out, but a hand up, you know, so this show is just so tremendous because what it does is it takes, you know, families, it's already worked on 16 families before I was involved and... What we do is we make over their home from the ground up, and at the same time we're making our home. You can see a sense of pride in them that we're helping to make over their attitude and, and inspiring them to want to give back more to other vets. And the story that I was involved with, just uh, the Morley family, it's 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 really incredible. You know, we got a soldier who spent the Moyers family who spent you know 15, 16 years in the Air Force, Air Force vet. Married to his wife for 13 years. He got two children. He was divorced to Iraq and he suffers from psychological ailments, from PTSD, depression, and insomnia. But he also suffers from some physical ailments that you can see and some ailments that you can't see. You know, I mean, uh, his physical injuries include severe back trauma, shoulder, arm problems. And, um, you know, he's a pre- <laughs> Matt's a pretty big guy. You know, almost football status guy right, right. in size, in stature, and you know he was. They bought a home, and like a lot of vets, you know, we can afford to start a home, but not necessarily all the creature comforts that everyone else in maybe middle class society enjoys. And he had a home that literally the entire time they owned it, he could not even fit into his own master bedroom bathroom. So we were able to go in and reconfigure his house, and and put in some areas of comfort for him and his family that so he sent a follow video about talking about, you know, it's been one of the most, you know, precious things in his family's life. Matt's wife, Rachel, has been, you know, not just a caregiver to Matt, but also started an organization called caregivers on the home front where she helps other caregivers. And what we don't think about, you know, we think about that veteran who's injured, but we don't think about all the ancillary and, you know, affected people, his wife, his mother, his father, his family, they're all affected by Matt's service. And in Rachel's case, she's Matt's caregiver, but she took it upon herself to say, you know, I know the strain on me, and I want to help other caregivers find some relief in what they're doing and get some hope in what they're doing also. So she started an organization where caregivers in the four-state region come together just to share experiences and, and help motivate and lift each other up and provide resiliency for each other. So it's a great opportunity. We intend to do four families a year and we'll do four this year. And I think I'm shooting another family in January, but I'm going to go visit them next week, uh, to kind of let them know that they were selected. So, um, it's, it's an unbelievable opportunity not just to give back, but for me to be able to help translate to a you know, civilian audience what our veterans are going through you know at that visceral level and you know also I'm just so happy that you're giving us an opportunity because you know anybody out there listening right now if they went up on www.militarymakeover.tv/, be on the show, they can fill out an application online if they believe their family should be one of the families that we consider to do a make for.
0: You are a giver, and I know that giving is the critical part. Getting up off that couch sometimes and helping another person is as medicinal, as cathartic as any sort of prescription in a bottle, and it's evidenced by the work you're doing not only with this show, but the work you have done. Um, in our last couple of minutes, can I ask you what should America do to honor veterans? When when we say we're going to celebrate Veterans Day coming up next month, in your words, what should we think of? What should we do to honor a veteran?
1: You, you nailed it with what you just said about giving back. I mean, the truth of the matter is just the statement is, thank you for your service, isn't enough. It's rolling off of people's lips as if, you know, the same way it rolls off people's lips when they say, hey, good morning. Or, hey, how are you doing? Because most people say, how are you doing? And don't even wait for an answer. You know, they just move on. I think it's just the greeting of the day. And when we see a veteran in the airport, you know, people say, oh, thank you for your service. As they walk by on plane. But what did that do? I mean, it made you feel better because you opened your mouth and said something. But get up off that couch and do something. There's a veteran, you know, within two blocks of every home in this country. You know, or a veteran's family or extended family within two blocks of every home in this in this country, get up off your butt, walk next door, and say, "Hey, how are you doing? What what can I do for you?" Is there anything my... you know, that doesn't mean you have to reach in your and off up a couple thousand dollars. No, that just means that maybe maybe one day a week or one day a month, when the veteran goes to the VA hospital, you might be able to watch his puppy, or watch their dog, or what if when you're cutting your grass with that. Driving lawnmower, he just went two blocks down the street and cut his to keep him from having to limp up and down his yard. I mean, there's so many things that we can do to recreate and refoster the sense of community in this country, rather than all the arguing and all the hate. I mean, you look at today; we got you know bombs being sent out across the country, you know, because somebody hates. And you know, it's time that we ought to just start remembering that. It takes all of us to get to the next level. It wasn't because of one American that America is here today. It took all the Americans of the past to make sure we stay here. It took all those veterans that we shed blood in, in the five, six wars that we fought during the last century to maintain the democracy we have today. And it's going to take all of us to do the same thing for the next hundred years. So I would just wish that people... Just stop just talking and start doing.
0: And that's pretty much how you concluded so many of the segments of your iconic daytime TV talk show with a little moment with Montel kind of summing it up. Just really quickly as a follow-up to that, can I ask, we're both veterans, so when we talk to other veterans, we can get a little more personal. But in your experience, have you ever found it to be unsettling when you ask a veteran, hey, tell me about where it was you served? Because I think civilians sometimes think that's a question you can't ask.
1: It's an okay question, and they're proud of their service. They want to share it. But sometimes it's uncomfortable for the listener. So shut your mouth and listen. I mean, you know, it's like I, I, I spent two years, you know, going in and out of Walter Reed Hospital almost at least once and sometimes twice a month trying to visit with a shake-the-hands of every veteran who came back that was injured. And I would sit down at the end of the bed and ask him, You know, when you got hurt, what happened? And it's not a comfortable conversation. You know, did you smoke the guy? It's not a comfortable conversation, but, you know, they take pride in the fact that, yeah, I got blown up by IED, but I took out two before that happened. And I'm okay with listening to that. Don't ask the question if you don't want to hear the answer. Don't ask your neighbor when you see him on the street, hey, how are you doing this morning? And keep walking. Stop your butt in the street and find out what they have to say. Maybe they may say, I'm not doing that well today. I had a stroke yesterday. Thank you for asking me. That's all you need to do. That that can change and light up a person's life. You know, so I, I get it when you say, you know, sometimes people feel comfortable, uncomfortable asking a question. It's only because they feel uncomfortable waiting for the answer. Stop and listen to the answer. That's as important as ever asking the question to begin with.
0: Awesome, man. I love talking to you, Montel, and I can't wait to see more of you on Military Makeover. It's on Lifetime. It airs... November
1: 30th will be the first airing of the ones that I'm on. If you check your local listing, that'll give you the times of that episode. But let me also say something else. We've done a offshoot of Military Makeover. It's called Military Makeover Operation Careers, where I'm visiting the companies that are hiring veterans, and the veterans who get hired. So we'll be featuring that also as a as a second show. Oh, cool. There's military makeover where we make over the home, but then there's military makeover operation careers where we help other companies understand that they can make over a life.
0: I'm just damn glad you're doing what you're doing, Commander. I mean, you beat MS, you've beaten oh. a stroke, uh, you, you cannot be kept down. And it is that uh, fighting Navy spirit, dare I say, that's in you that uh, keeps you going, man. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Montel Williams.
1: Thank you so much. How do you take care.
0: And as they say in TV, that's a wrap. If you've got a great story we should look into, email me, Phil at connectingvets.com. In the meantime, I'll be looking for tall tales to tell, from the battlefield to the bar stool, on Vet Story. I mean, there's so many things that
1: we can do to recreate we foster the sense of community in this country rather than all the arguing and all the hate.